Christ. Well, welcome to uh, Kavanaugh this first Sunday in 2013. I want to read Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, as our Bible study for today and our sermon. Uh, this is one of these remarkable passages of Scripture that uh, every new year I go to and remind myself, uh, my, myself of, of great lessons that the Lord has for me as I embark on something new, and this year it's a new year. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to the, all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may be prosperous whatever you go, wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this great passage, and I pray that you would speak it uh, into our hearts today. I pray that you would just give me a fresh anointing to be able to preach the Word, and as I speak on the outside, I pray that you, dear Lord, would speak on the inside of our hearts. Challenge us to be all that we can be for you and your kingdom in 2013. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in this remarkable story from the Old Testament... God's people were preparing to enter a new land. Uh, the crossing of the river represented a new beginning for them. They were literally starting a new era for their nation and for themselves. The children of Israel were at a threshold. Uh, there were some things behind them and there were some things in front of them. Uh, things behind them, both good things and bad things. Some good things behind them were all the promises that God had made to them through their forefathers, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Behind them were 400 years of bondage and Egyptian captivity where they had done the two-step in the brick vats of Pharaoh and had been in bondage for over 400 years. But also behind them were the witnessing of God's mighty hand as He delivered them out of that Egyptian captivity. And He did it through miracles. 
uh, by sending the plagues to the land of Egypt and then through Moses leading the children of Israel out of that captivity and through the Red Sea. Behind them were also some bad things. The worship of the golden calf and 40 years of rebellion in the wilderness where they grumbled and complained about absolutely everything. There were also some things before them. Uh, The big thing before them was the promised land, just on the other side of that river. What a great place of promise it was. God had promised to give it to them. Even now in this passage, he says, this is the land I have given to you. It was a land of promise, and it was a land of great potential. Yet it was also a place of uncertainty and danger, filled with many obstacles to overcome. There were giants in the land. We too stand at a threshold, not of a new land, but of a new year, 2013, and an era of personal growth, and I believe unprecedented growth for Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church. And just like the children of Israel, there are some things behind us, and there are some things in front of us. What are some of the things behind us? Well, the provision that God has given us in salvation God has given us the gift of salvation through His only begotten Son. And through faith in Jesus Christ, we can be saved and changed. And we can have a brand new life. We can become new creatures in Jesus Christ. What a gift! The gift of salvation. And through that gift of salvation is something we call sanctification. Uh, Becoming more like Jesus every day through reading the Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, we become conformed to the image of Christ's likeness. Behind us are the great commandment and the great commission that has been given to us. The great commandment that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The great commission that we go to the ends of the earth proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and the free salvation that He offers. Behind us are the many blessings that God has poured out on our lives. You know, I would love to spend the time this morning just talking to each individual family that is here. I, I know you've had hard times. And for many of you, 2012 has been a difficult year. Uh, Some filled with sickness, others filled with loss. But you know what? In spite of all that, God has been good to us. And God has given us blessing after blessing in our own lives, in our family. And in this great church, God has blessed Kavanaugh Church for 50 years with blessing after blessing. And that is in spite of our own sins. Our own faithlessness. And sometimes, just like the children of Israel, our own complaining and grumbling day after day. That's behind us. There are some things in front of us. God's promises and all of His potentials for this new period of growth that we can partake of in 2013. Did you know that in 2013, you can get close to Jesus Christ? In 2013, you can quit playing games and you can become the person that God has called you to be. You can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can take the promises that He's made to you in the Bible and and see them to fulfillment in your own life and family. And as a church, we can experience all the blessings that He has for us. We're much like the Israelites. 
I think we're ready to move forward, but perhaps just a little bit fearful. Well, this passage in Joshua chapter 1 gives us the necessary principles that we need to move ahead, to embark on this new year. I've got six principles, but don't freak out. They go quickly, all right? I'll probably spend more time on the first one than any of them, but follow along. If we want to have a great new beginning, if we want 2013 to be the best year ever, number one, we cannot live in the past and we cannot depend upon the past. Look at verses 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you're in charge. I added that last little phrase, but that's basically what he told him. You know, Moses is gone, Joshua. Now you're the man. You're in charge. Moses was the divinely appointed leader of God's people. But you know what? Moses was now gone. His voice and his domineering personality were forever absent in the tents of Israel. Moses was dead. He was off the scene. He was no longer there. As big as the giants in the land, Moses was. He was the man. But now Moses is gone. That tells us a whole lot of things. But one thing in particular we need to take note of this morning is this. It, it tells us that no matter how glorious the past was or how great its leaders were, the past is gone. Okay, it is the past. It's gone forever. And you cannot live in the past if you're going to have future success. Whenever I hear people talk about the good old days, I wonder if they really remember what they're talking about. You know, really? Were they really that good? I mean, you tell me, how, how good was it really walking 10 miles to school in the snow, barefooted, going uphill both ways, going and coming, you know? Was that, was that really the good old days? Yeah. Or when I hear people say, oh, I just wish it could be like it used to be. Makes me want to vomit. I just, I wish we could go back to the way it used to be. I, you know, I hear this in the church. I just wish we could go back to when old brother so-and-so was here. Well, he ain't here no more. <laughs> Here's the point I, I want you to understand, and I'm serious when I say this. You know, whatever you've done for the Lord in the past... It may be great. It, 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 it may be phenomenal. You may have done some stellar things for God in, in 2012. But you know what? You cannot count on past successes to guarantee future growth. You, you can't do it. Uh, this year in May, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to get into some rare air. I'm going to be in rare air in May. Angie and I will celebrate 30 years of married, married bliss. 30 years. That, yeah, it's quite an accomplishment in this day and time, don't you think? I mean, it really is. Here's, here's what I've learned in 30 years of being married. <clears throat> Ladies, would you please close your ears? This is just for guys, all right? It's just for the male population here today. If, if you want to stay married 30 years, it's, it's no big secret, guys. You, you just, you, you've, you've got to live in the here and now. You, you can't live on, on past successes that you've had with your spouse, I mean, you may have given her a great anniversary gift in 2012. Big deal. <laughs> you, you better be thinking about how you're going to top it in 2013. Are you with me? 
You know, you, you just you can't you can't live in the past for future success. That, that that's just the way life is. I was sitting there during during our song service thinking about this particular point because it's I think it is so important for all of us. Um, you know, <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. I was remembering back when 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 I was young and and uh, you know just just such a stud, you know. Uh, I started lifting weights when I was just, you know, 13, 14 years old. My dad had old barbells that uh, he bought when he was a kid when he lifted weights. And, and my, my dad was a stud when he was young. I've seen pictures of him, big old biceps bulging, you know. Yeah. So I started lifting weights when I was just a kid. And, man, you know, I, c- I can remember days when I was young looking in the, in the mirror and I could see the six-pack. I mean, it was just... <laughs> I'm just talking to Jason right now. <laughs> I'm hugely embarrassed, as you can tell. But you know, you know. I mean, I can. I, yeah, I used to, man. One, yeah. You know, and and I I can remember going off to college and and eating that college food, which is not good food, man. I mean, you you know, college food, you just pack on the pounds, and and uh, and I'd get sick of it, and so I'd quit eating that and and start doing my sit ups again. And Jason, I'd get that six pack back, and I mean, it was looking good. And then I can remember, you know, going to seminary and getting fat again. I could, I getting back in shape again. I can remember going to Pine Bluff and and trying to turn into a full gospel preacher, you know. <laughs> And, and, and then getting on this fit kick, and I'd go to the gym, and I'd work out. And Jordan, man, I was, you know, I was busting it, veins popping out. Man, I was looking good. And now look at me. You know, now look at me. Awesome. Thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. You know, I, I know how to get there again. And, and I can take this old 51-year-old body, and, I, and I, can, I can make it into a lean, mean muscle machine. Jordan, I know how to do it, man. I can't live in the past doing it. I can't think of the way I looked when I was 16 years old doing it. I've got to be living in the here and now. I've got to be doing what is necessary today to develop those muscles. And it is the same way with you spiritually in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is great. It is phenomenal that you had a daily devotion every day in 2012. I applaud you. Way to go. Now, don't forget that, but just build on it. You know? You, you can't count on having that close relationship with Jesus in, in 2013 just depending on the fact that you read through the Bible in 2012. And it's not one of these philosophies from God is, what have you done for me lately? No, that's not what it's about. It's about building on that relationship and doing the little things every single day that are necessary and being the person God has called you to be. The same is true for the church. Let me tell you, the, the past is awesome. It's great. It's good for memories and to, to look at photo albums and talk about all the things God has done in our past. We will celebrate this year 50 years of ministry in the River Valley. That's awesome, man. That is phenomenal. Uh, actually, the group started meeting in, in November of, of 1962, but they did not officially become the Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church until March of 1963 with 32 charter members. I've got a little piece of paper with the 32 charter members on it, Brother Raymond. It's in my office. I'll, I'll be bringing it out because we're going to have a big shindig in March of this year as we celebrate 50 years of ministry in the River Valley. 
Those people who started our church 50 years ago, I don't think in their wildest dreams would ever imagine that this church would still be going and doing the things in the River Valley it's doing. That's awesome. We have a rich history. We, we, have, we have seen awesome things done for God in the kingdom through Kavanaugh Church, but we can't live on those past deeds. Let me tell you what happens to a church if they try to live in the past and all they want to do is talk about the good old days, what they did way back when, when Brother So-and-so was here. They die. I can take you to the holes of great churches who at one time were on fire for God, doing great things for the kingdom of God, but they are dead today. There, there is a church in Hot Springs, Arkansas, that at one time was a great church. You know what it is today? It's an antique store. <laughs> that says volumes about what can happen in a church when they live in the past. You can't do it and have future success. You see, what we need to be doing is saying what the Apostle Paul said in that passage that I read last Sunday morning, Philippians chapter 3. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. And you're going to hear a whole lot more of the one thing because that's the most important thing. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things that are ahead of me, I press toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Church, individuals, people, let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus who is the prize. Don't look in the past. Oh, we can learn from the lessons, but let's look forward. Let's look to Jesus. That's where the prize is. Let's go forward. So number one, if you want to have great success in 2013, you cannot depend on the past. Number two, you need to diligently follow God's leadership. Uh, it talks about this in verses 2 through 4. Let me just pick out a phrase in verse 2. God said to Joshua, Arise, go over this Jordan. Get up, go over the river. You see, the river itself was strange. They had never crossed that river before. They'd never been there before. The land on the other side was stranger still. Now, this was a group of people who knew about the promised land because they had heard for 40 years their parents talking about it. Forty years before this, Moses led their parents to the wilderness of Paran. And there God said to Moses, pick out 12 guys, one from each tribe, and send them as spies into the land of promise. I am going to give you that land, but you tell those guys to go spy it out and come back and give the children of Israel a report. And so they did. They, they spent many days, I think 40 days, over in the, the, the land of promise. They came back, and they said, had this big business meeting, all right? <laughs> they said, guys, it is phenomenal. Yeah, it's better than God told us it was. Here is some fruit. They had actually brought back fruit of the land, huge fruit, great fruit. It was a productive land. What a great land. It is, it's better than God said. What a great land it is. But. See, there's one of those buts of the but. We can't take it. It's a great land, but we, we can't take it. Because there's giants in the land. We've seen them with our own eyes. Compared to them, we look like grasshoppers. Now, these were the chosen people of God. 
These were the people that God had delivered out of Egyptian captivity. These were the people who they saw God part the Red Sea and they walked across on dry land. These were God's holy chosen people. But now they had grasshopper mentality. We can't do it. Only two of the 12 spies said, yes, we can. Guess who one of them was? Joshua, now the leader of the children of Israel, him and his compadre Caleb. They said, yeah, there are giants over there, but guys, we can do it. The God that we serve is bigger than the giants in the land. We can take the land. But then they called it for a vote. (laughs) And the people listened to the negative word, and they chose not to take the land. And they paid the price. You see, here's the deal. Let me just throw this in there. It was a test, and they failed the test. They had to take the test over again. And that's the way God works in our... When we fail the test, we got to keep taking the test over and over. You wonder, why do these bad things keep happening to me? Why do I have to keep facing this particular problem? Because you're not passing the test. When you pass the test, you can move on. For 40 years, they had to live that way. What's interesting to me now, in Joshua chapter 1, God didn't dispel these reports. I mean, for 40 years they've heard the stories. God doesn't dispel the reports now. He doesn't even mention those reports. He doesn't even talk about the giants, the obstacles. You know what God said? Get up and go. Cross the river. And their success was dependent upon their faithfulness to God's word. That's huge. Because through these next days and weeks, God is going to direct you individually and perhaps you as your family and Kavanaugh Church as a whole to take some steps of faith. Here's what I know in 2013, God is going to ask us to go places we've never gone before. God is going to take us into some new territory. God is going to put us in situations that stretch our faith. God is not dispelling any of this. God is, God is not saying, hey, you know what, you're not going to have rough times. He, he, he doesn't even mention it. He says, it's there. You're going to have some tough times this next year. But when I tell you to move, are you going to move? When I tell you to enter new territory, are you going to enter new territory? If I ask you to speak to a person about me, are you going to do that? Are you going to obey me? Will we be obedient to the word that we hear from God? Here's the thing that I hear in Christian circles a lot. People people want God to give them a new word. God, give me a new word. (laughs) Like there's a new word. It's it's His word. Lord, give me a new word. But here's the fact of the matter. God is not going to give you a new word until you obey His last word. Does that make sense? Some of you want God to bless you with new relationships in 2013. Well, maybe not. God is not going to bless you with new relationships until you go back and fix some broken relationships that you've broken. Some of you want God to bless you in 2013 with with, uh, financial blessings and abundance in 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 your pockets and in your bank accounts. Well, you know what? God is not going to bless you financially until you go back and obey His last word that is found in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. That you honor the Lord with the tithe and the offering. That's good preaching, but you don't think it is, all right? 
God is not going to bless you spiritually with maturity until you go back and obey his last word that says, spend time with me every day. We must diligently follow God's leadership. What's God telling us as a church, Kavanaugh Church? Well, he's telling us to take the land. I mean, the land is before us. The river valley is before us. And we are called by God to take the land. The priority is reaching people with the good news. Let me try to bring this into focus, okay? Uh, last year, we, we talked about our, our, our church theme for the year uh, was from, you know, the, the Jericho Project, from this particular uh, passage of Scripture in the book of Joshua, where we take the land. And we've been praying all year long that, that God would give us the surrounding property so that we can expand the ministry here at Kavanaugh and build a new sanctuary so, so we can reach more people. And we got some property that we own out in Raleigh Farm. We're asking God to sell that property and, and to give us the land around us. Every day at noon... My, uh, my alarm goes off on my telephone. Beep, 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 beep. High noon. And Angie's goes off. And when we're together eating lunch, I don't know which one goes off first. Hers, it's hers, of course. Hers goes off first. Beep, beep, beep. And then mine, beep, 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 beep. That's my reminder to pray for the Jericho Project. Pray for greater things. And all year, every day I've been praying, God, would you please send someone to buy Riley Farm? God, would you please open up this land around us and, and give us that property? Give us those houses so that we can build a new sanctuary and grow that's been my prayer. And many of you have been praying with me. Thank you. Keep it up. Let's don't stop. Okay? And God is working. God's doing some great things. Maybe not as fast as we want him to, but he is working. He's moving. But in the last two weeks, God has really spoken to me about the way I've been praying. And it's not that I, I, I've been praying wrong. I think my focus has been off a little bit. And God has challenged me, Will, instead of praying that God would send somebody to buy Riley Farm and that God would uh, open up the doors to acquire the land and the property around us, why don't you just keep the main thing in front of you? Let's pray for that one thing, the most important thing. Do you know what the main thing is for Kavanaugh Church? The one thing is to reach people with the good news. That's what God has called our church to do, to reach people with the good news. To see their lives transformed with the power of the gospel. We are to reach out with hope and give that hope to a hopeless world. That's the one thing. So he says, Will, tweak your prayer. Pray for the one thing. Pray that our church would be doing that most important thing. And I have all the confidence in the world that if we are about his business, fulfilling the task that he has called us to, he's going to take care of these other things. Because if we're reaching people, he's going to open doors and make way for us to have the facility to accommodate the people that we reach. Amen? So we just keep praying. We diligently follow God's leadership. That leads me to point number three. To do that, we must depend upon the Lord. I love verse 5. Look at 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Now, the Israelites never doubted that God was with Moses. And now God is promising to Joshua and to all the people, as I was with Moses, so am I going to be with you. Now, understand what is not there. Never was there a promise concerning immunity from danger, immunity from adversity, immunity from perplexities. It's not like God is saying to Joshua, okay, Joshua, now that you're the man and you've got to follow in Moses' footsteps, I'm going to give you a free pass. Remember in school, getting the free pass to walk the hallways? 
talking to my generation now. I don't think they do this anymore. Get a free pass, get to walk around, act cool out in the hallway, you know. Yeah, y'all, don't, y'all were in detention all the time. You never got a free pass. <laughs> he, he doesn't give him that. He, he doesn't say, you know, you're, you're not going to have any obstacles. Everything's just going to be gravy. I mean, it's, it's going to be downhill slide with wind at your back. Everything's cool. Taking care. He didn't say that. He doesn't say, don't worry about the giants. He doesn't even mention the giants. They're out there. Here's the only promise that he gives to Joshua. Joshua, I can guarantee you one thing, dude. I'm with you. (laughs) I'm going to be with you. Whatever you face as you lead these people, I'm with you. Whatever obstacle is out there, I got your backside. I'm with you. That promise is found throughout the Bible. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, God said. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor will the flame scorch you. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 20. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hebrews 13, 5. He hath said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Church, would you listen to me? Christian, this is the greatest promise that has been given to us in the entire Word of God. The best promise of all. I am going to be with you. No matter what you face in life, I'm right there with you. You can depend on me. The world may abandon you. Your family may forsake you. But I will never leave you or forsake you. Wow. So no matter what God asks us to do in 2013, He's going to be with us, and He's going to help us do it. That naturally leads into point number four. We must have determination to face the future. Look at three verses. Look at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now it's amazing to me, three times in nine verses, God tells them to be strong and courageous. Be strong and have good courage to face the future. To have determination to do what God told them to do. You know why He told them three times? Because God knew what they were going to face. God knew the problems they were going to have. God knew their fears just as He knows our fears. And yet He challenged them to be brave and strong for whatever tomorrow brings. Tom Lehman is one of the good guys on the PGA Tour. Uh, Tom Lehman was saved as a high school student. He went with some friends to an FCA meeting and there he heard the good news of the gospel and gave his heart to Jesus. He was a a naturally gifted athlete. He loved golf and he started playing golf. He, he played on the uh, Ben Hogan Tour for several years. And finally in 1990 he won three times on the Hogan Tour. That gave him a, a free pass into the PGA. And so in 1991 he, he started his uh, career on the PGA Tour. He chose Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 as his life verse. You ever heard about a life verse? If, if just passage in the Bible, a verse that somebody picks as their verse to live their life by. Well, Tom Lehman picked Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. It served him well. In 1995, he was uh, diagnosed with uh, precancerous polyps. 
And he and his wife bowed down on their knees and they claimed Joshua 1.9. He said to the Lord, Lord, we're, we're going to be strong and we're going to have good courage. We're not going to be dismayed or afraid because we know that you're with us. And God was. The surgery was successful and he had a full recovery. Uh, the next year he uh, went back out on the tour. He was playing in the U.S. Open. And coming down the 18th fairway, he was tied with Steve Jones. Steve, I wish it was you, Steve Jones, but it was the other Steve Jones. Both Tom Lehman and Steve Jones were Christians. And so they encouraged one another and gave confidence to each other as they walked down the 18th fairway tied by sharing Bible verses back and forth. Now, you've seen these PGA players as they're walking down the, the fairways talking to one another. You know, these guys were, were sharing Bible verses. And Tom Lehman shared with Steve Jones his life verse. He says, Joshua 1, 9, he says, I want to encourage you to be strong and have confidence in the Lord. Don't, don't be afraid or dismayed because God's with you. And God was with both of them, but God was a little more with Steve Jones that day because he beat Tom Lehman and won the U.S. Open. That same year, uh, Tom Lehman went over to the British Open. And when he got there, he again claimed Joshua 1.9 is his life verse. He went down every fairway of the British Open claiming that verse. And Steve, it paid off because he won by two strokes that year. I don't know if you have a life verse. If you don't, I would recommend Joshua 1.9. But even if you do have a life verse, why don't you adopt Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 as one of your life verses for this year? And in any situation you find yourself, understand that you can be strong and you can have good courage. You don't have to be afraid. That The afraid word in the Hebrew that it talks about there is, is a paralyzing fear. Lord, I am not going to be afraid, nor am I going to be dismayed. The, the Hebrew word means you're, you're so afraid that you're totally out of sort. You can't think straight and you can't do anything. You're paralyzed with fear. Lord, I'm not going to live my life that way. I am going to be strong and I'm going to have good courage. I am not going to be afraid, nor am I going to be dismayed, for you are my God and you are with me wherever I go. Therefore, I'm going to do it for you. Wow. What a great verse for a great year. Number five, we must be devoted to God's word. Look at verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Israel's success for the future depended upon their devotion to God's law. God told them to meditate on his law day and night. The word meditate means to take something and revolve it over and over in your mind or in your heart. They were to do that day and night. And through their devotion and obedience to the law, they would be prosperous and they would have good success. Uh, let me try to chip that down to something that you, that you can understand in your own life, okay? It, it is not enough to have just a daily quiet time where you read the Bible and pray. Now, that's, that's important. It's foundational. It's a given. It's something you must do. But it's not enough just to daily read God's Word. You've got to take it the next step. You have to take what you have read and flesh it out. You must take the Word of God that you have ingested, and you must then live the Word of God. 
Does that make sense? And that is exactly what he's telling us here. It's not enough just to read your Bible every day. You must be obedient to what you read. So here's a big question I want all of you to answer with a show of hands. Do you want to be prosperous in 2013? Think about it. Do you really want to be prosperous in 2013? Raise your hand. All right, put them down. Do you want to have good success in 2013? Raise your hand. All right, you're crazy if you don't. Either that or you're asleep. I don't know. If we want to be prosperous and if we want to have good success, it's, it's, it's no big secret. He tells us right here in verse how to do it. It's simple. You live the Word of God. You read it. You trust it. You obey it. You become people of the Word. You flesh out the Word of God. And if you do that, you are God's chosen vessel. You are God's holy people. God's going to take care of His own. God is going to guarantee that you are prosperous. God will guarantee that you will have great success if you become people of the Word. What does that mean for our church? Well, if we're going to have great success and be prosperous as Kavanaugh Free Baptist, we have to be a church of the Word. That means we don't water down the truth. We preach the whole counsel of God. We don't make it a, a cheap, easy thing. It, it's the word of truth, and we stand on the word of truth. And as we do that, God will bless the ministries of Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church. So there you have it, man. These five great principles. Don't live in the past. Diligently follow God's leadership. Depend completely and totally on the Lord. Have a determination that you're going to face the future with faith and be devoted to the Word of God. Now, what will happen if we do those five things in 2013? Well, he tells us in chapter 3, verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. (laughs) Man... People, listen to me, he said, get ready. God's about to do something that is absolutely amazing. It's going to blow your mind. God is going to do wonders among you. Ooh, man, I'm just kind of getting off goosey thinking about that. Wouldn't you like for God to do some wonders in your life? Wouldn't that be absolutely amazing? Well, get ready. Get ready. If you do what he tells you to do in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, God is going to do some absolutely amazing things in your life, for your family, and in this church in 2013 and the devil can't stop him so how about it are you ready man give me a ticket and let me jump on the train I'm about to give an invitation and in this invitation I'm going to ask for two things number one if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior I can't think of a better day to do that than today, to start 2013 as a new creation in Jesus Christ. 
Maybe you don't know all there is to know about being saved. Come to the altar and one of our pastors will, will help you. We'll show you through the Word of God how you can be saved. And for the rest of you who are here today and who are believers, come on, let's get on board. Let's ask God to do some amazing things in and through our life in 2013. Let's keep focused on the one thing, okay? Let's don't live in the past. Let's obey God and do the necessary things every single day to draw close to Him so He can do amazing things. Again, I can't think of a better time than to come with your family and lay your lives on the altar and give God everything for 2013. Why don't you come today and ask God to do some wonderful, amazing things in your life as you live for Him this new year. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to hearts and challenge lives. Lord, if there's someone here today that needs to be saved, may they come today and receive you. If there is a backslidden Christian, just a, a believer who's away from you, I pray that they would come today and, and make things right. And then, dear Lord, for the rest of us, may we come and, and do what the Apostle Paul said to do in Romans, uh, to take our bodies and lay them on the altar as a living sacrifice, to, to give you everything and hold nothing back for ourselves. Lord, may we make that commitment this morning at these altars to live completely and totally for you in 2013. May we give you this new year and ask for your blessings today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand and come? Stand up and come pray, would you? The altars are open. You need to come and pray today. So why don't you do it right now? Would you come? Maybe the Lord is speaking to you about uh, you giving Him everything in your life. Would you like to come and pray? As they sing another verse, why don't you take this opportunity to come pray?
Father, I pray this morning that it become our prayer for 2013 that we be strong and of good courage, that we do not live lives in fear or be dismayed, but that we would recognize and realize that God is with us wherever we go. Help us to live for you, Lord. Help us to be totally committed to you and give you every aspect of our lives. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Angel, who is 10 years old, and her sister, April, who is 11 years old, just received Jesus as their Lord this morning. Isn't that awesome? Fantastic. Wonderful. I want you to pray for Angel and April that they would uh, live for the Lord, and uh, we will encourage them. I'm going to ask our ushers if they would make ready for this uh, morning's offering, uh, give you a chance to worship God by giving back to Him. As they're getting ready, Bill, I want to read a, a note that uh, your family gave to us. This is from Bill and Alicia and also uh, from Cindy. It says, Dear Church family, we so appreciate the love and support and the thoughts and prayers you all have given to us during our difficult time. The floral arrangement was beautiful and so thoughtfully conveyed your care. The food that you brought us was so welcome and so comforting at such a difficult time. 
Your kindness has made such a difference in helping us get through this, and we hope you know how much you mean to us. And that's, of course, uh, based on the loss of uh, Bill's grandmother. We love you, Bill. And Alicia, God bless you, man. God bless you. Let's pray and ask God to bless this offering, and then let's give with a joyful, cheerful heart. Brother Jason, would you pray for us?